This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Woo Woo with Rachel Dratch, the podcast that explores the unexplained with humor and curiosity. Welcome to Woo Woo with Rachel Dratch. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Irene Bremis. Hi, Irene. Hello, Rachel Dratch. <laughs> Irene, as you know, I'm not feeling very woo-woo just at this moment because I just had one of those really annoying interactions where you just... Merely try to call to change a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And I was met with a lot of tone yes. and a lot of unpleasantness. Yes. And it really threw me off my axis. That's right, sweetie. And I still didn't change the appointment. <laughs> and I was on the phone for 45 minutes. And when Irene walked in, I was like, I'm very grouchy right now. So That's I, right. I got I've the gotta, text. I got to center myself yes. and welcome our guest and forget about... That bitch on that the phone. That bitch on the okay, phone that anyway, just want your 45 minutes back. That my day off. So That's let's right. just all practice kindness, shall we? Okay, anyway. Although she has some karma coming her way, she sweetie. She sure does. To stay okay, on the woo-woo topic. Anyway, I'm very excited to welcome our guest today. He's a star of Broadway, Ooh. is how I know him. Christopher Fitzgerald. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Hi, Chris. Hi. I'm so sorry you had to go through that this I know. morning. It's so, life is so hard, isn't it? No, um, but you <laughs> it's know sometimes how I can just off a little bit. Okay, but I, I'm back. I'm, of course. I'm in my, I'm in whatever. I'm, I'm centered and my yes. chi is flowing. Okay, anyway, so Chris is currently on Broadway right now in Spamalot, by the way. I know. I saw it. You were fantastic. We saw. You we went murdered. to opening night. Really and enjoyed it. I saw, I saw your face. I saw you at the end of the show mm-hmm. in the audience. Oh, you did? I think I waved. Didn't, didn't I? I think I oh, yes, you did. Yes, yes, you yes, did. I remember yes. that too. I love when that happens. Okay, yeah. and, and a funny little thing about that party that was very too. Sweet. So anyway, yes. yeah. Oh well, first of all, I mean, I don't even know where to start of how talented you are, but we usually start by praising our guests to the high heavens. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready <laughs> and for I will it. Make Take your time. No exception for you. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but currently, Chris is on uh, Broadway in Spamalot, which is a super fun show. And I'm gonna take my I'm gonna go back and take my kid because I think kids would like it too. Um, but you get to be so funny in it, and of course you have a fantastic singing voice, which you probably just take for granted. But since I like am a sing in the shower yeah. person, I'm always like singing is something I'm just always in awe of mm-hmm. when other people could do it. But now I didn't go through your credits on like a little dossier or anything. But I know you were also in wait okay. you're also in waitress too, right? I was in Waitress, yeah. And then, but the way we, and you've done a lot of other Broadway things, but the way we know each other, Irene, and this mm-hmm. is, so Chris, I had Kevin Cahoon on too. He was our first guest. Love and him. we both, we know each other, all know each other from the show called Minsky's. Oh, yes, Which Minsky. I talked about in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. And Minsky's was supposed to go to Broadway, mm-hmm. and yep. then it did not go it to Broadway. It did not go to Broadway. Callback. And Chris was the lead in it, and I was the, like, the comic relief weirdo that came on for a couple scenes and yeah. we did have a lot of fun we had some fun people in there there were and some fun people and there were some fun things in that show it was it was there were it was a lot of fun but it was uh you know new musicals are no joke trying to put together you a must new know. yeah it's uh it's it's incredibly challenging to get all those elements to kind of click in the same way but i just remember that i still am so like i have such affection for so many of those people that were in that show yeah because also we did it in la so we were almost at like some sort of retreat or like summer like you didn't no one went home to their families everyone hung out and yeah but chris what you might not know and what i mentioned on Kevin's episode is during that time I have a friend happened to bring me to um, a psychic basically 
like for my birthday and i don't know if i told you this but one of the questions i asked the psychic is will this show go to broadway and she said no did i ever tell you that no that's <laughs> incredible like, that was like, i know like i didn't spread it around the cast like hey guys my psychic said this isn't happening because like you don't want to first of all you don't want to be a, a i mean negative. you could have asked me and i would have probably said the same thing <laughs> <laughs> and i'm no psychic but and i mean no psychic this thing ain't um, going that's... nowhere no but um anyway but yeah and also like i just so you know chris i'm not like i know this is a woo-woo show but i'm not super woo-woo i know you don't know me well enough maybe to not know that about me but but i'm well, not like our other thing, consulting Rachel, a psychic we, every week yeah. one of the other things that we had an experience doing was we drove in a limousine in a stretch limousine to mohegan sun to do oh a performance of uh celebrity autobiography that together that was a nightmare and it was it was it was a great i mean well, that could be its own podcast that needs its own that needs an eight-part series podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like oh your god, son I was with us maybe brought, oh my god that was the problem that was the problem i brought my son who was at the time maybe not even two and it was just one of those like disasters where like you just think you're going to be able to handle having your infant toddler there. It and was then it was traffic. It, was it took no us like fun. four hours to get there, and then oh, we oh, performed oh, in some room, and there gosh. was like six people <laughs> in the room. And okay, oh, yeah, okay. So we do this yikes. show that's very fun called Celebrity Autobiography, and we do it yeah. here in New York sometimes, and then it happens in LA a lot. And Eugene Pack and Dale Rayfeld they created this show that's really funny where. Other celebrities, such as us, read <laughs> celebrity autobiographies that weren't intended to be funny at the time, but are funny now yeah. in hindsight. So it's a really fun show. Now, it kills in New York and probably L.A., but every so often we take it on the road. And actually, oh, it's so funny because now I'm remembering the three times... We took it on the road. It died a horrible death. A horrible death. And, and one of them was Mohegan's son. And we were in this giant room that was probably like for Celine Dion or something. You know what I mean? We were in this giant room. Not really, but you know what I mean. Maybe maybe a lower level. I just remember <laughs> every every comment you made about the experience was a little bit like you talking about the woman that you were on the phone with this morning. It was just everything you said just oh made, it tickled me. And I was like crying because it was just... It was. <laughs> oh my god! I never really forgot. had an experience quite like it. Um, to this perform like we were... for six people who found yes. nothing funny about it. Okay. Oh, it became, I have like, as a comic. Believe me, it became like another exercise in performance art. It became its own, yes. own kind of show. It was because so bizarre. Anyway, the other time we did it, that it, well, I've done it two other times where it didn't work, and one was at this country club. And the problem is, people don't understand it's a parody. Like you're reading this kind of exactly. tongue in cheek, mm -hmm. and like they just think you're doing like a dramatic reading of David Hasselhoff's autobiography. Like they don't get <laughs> that this is for comedy. So that's what happened at Mohegan Sun. There were like yeah. twenty people scattered in this giant room. You know, I kind of love the showbiz deaths of it. All. Like those moments yes. that we've all had. Any 100%. actor has had the flop sweat. Irene's a stand-up comic, too. And I've had many and of those So we moments. all know that. <laughs> yes. and, and at the time, it's just excruciating. But then looking back, it is fun to laugh about it. Oh, and you're just... And when you're, you're with fun people and that experience, it's you. just... There's, it, it becomes you. its own... It's like you're at a... I don't know. It's, there's, <laughs> it goes to but another you know level of... I used to like it when no one I knew was in the audience. Like, whenever there's someone you know, yeah. it is guaranteed bomb, you know? So... Hundred percent. Well, I've, I've shaken off that doctor's appointment. You sh so that's shake it, it off, the sweetie. Fun that's it. Of the theater fail. Yeah. So we were in Minsky's, and then no, I'm sure he, I should have done this just because I hate when people like, "When else have you done?" But what? <laughs> but what, <laughs> but what else but have what you did done? You do between Minsky's and Spamala besides waitress? I should know this, and oh, I'm sorry I didn't do my. I don't book. know. All just I've just <laughs> a lot of good done stuff on all sorts of strange things. Wait, were you Tony nominated, by the way? Yes, uh, a couple of times for different <gasps> things. Ooh, yeah, I love for what for waitress, right? Generally for generally for playing creatures on Broadway, like oh, kind of non-human or strange wait, wait, things. Like I played, wait, 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 uh, play I creatures. played Igor. Yes, yeah, I played Igor and Young Frankenstein. Okay, I played a leprechaun in Finian's <gasps> Rainbow. Oh, I saw uh, that. I saw you in that. Yeah, with, with so Cheyenne? things like that. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Lashawn Jackson. Yep. Wait, that's what we have in common. We both play creatures and like. Yeah, I always that's I'm always playing like just non-human or or people that have to like in like in Spamalot's a good example. Like I have to wear you know a 25 pound backpack and a hood and mud and like <laughs> yes. you know I'm, you know I'm always like kind of covered yes. in shit and covered in <laughs> yeah. stuff and. Doing but that's you the know, fun stuff. Weird, yeah. using my big eyes to do like weird yes. like things. That's kind of what. Me too. That's it that's, to that's my mo. Yeah. Those are my favorite that's characters. Yeah. That's our slogan. Yeah. You know what's funny? I I was thinking about this spam a lot. Way back in the original version, they were auditioning for replacements, and they audition. I got to go audition for Mike Nichols because they were like, "What if in your part?" Yeah. Actually, they were like, "What if we had a woman do this?" And so they. Gave it a shot. I mean, I didn't. I didn't get the part. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me a shot to audition, and it was such a thrill to be up there for Mike Nichols. I have a. Movie. I have a kind of but a good story about yeah. the original production. I auditioned yeah. for the original production and was cast in the original production what? of Spam a Lot in your part? back in the day. I'm by yes? Mike Nichols. No way. Literally in the moment of the audition. <gasps> but here's the story. I what? I was like trying to figure out a song to sing. For the audition and i found this old cole porter song that is is basically this kind of like sea captain singing to his uh seamates and at the end of it he he goes but what i what i need you to know is i'm about to become a mother i'm only a girl not a boy years ago and he sings this little thing and at the end he goes and i'm about to give birth to the sweetest thing on earth a little skipper from heaven above that's the end and so i decided to go a little skipper from heaven and then i kind of pushed my belly out and i was like from a oh, 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 oh. And I, I birthed a mime baby and then held it up and went oh, oh, and sang a big high note so, <laughs> and I, and I committed to it, the whole thing. Like, you know, I really yeah. pushed, I like had the whole, the afterbirth came out after oh, the whole yeah. thing, skin to skin. Um, <laughs> and he thought it was hilarious and it was so weird. And so I did it, um, for the callback on the Schubert stage. And at the end of it, yeah. he was like, you got it, kid. <gasps> wow. You got it. Amazing. Nice. And that was amazing. I ended up not being able to do the show for a variety of reasons. I had another job I was doing. And, okay, okay. Well, I had an audition not that long after for another show, a nice work if you can get it, uh -huh. um, which was, uh, I think, a, I can't remember. So anyway, I go in for that and I was like, I got this great tune. So I do that same song, I birth the baby and I finish and it's silent. It was Kathleen Marshall and Rob Fisher and all these people that I knew too. I knew a lot of them. I'd worked with a lot of them. And I finished the song and I, I came down off stage or, oh or, or out of the audition room and Rob Fisher, kind of the musical director, who's very well known, was a musical director for Chicago, kind of runs after me. He's like, Chris, Chris, just just one one second. And he kind of corners me and he's like, hey, um, I, I just have to be really honest with you. You can never sing that song again. It is, it is so bizarre. It is so weird. He was like, yeah, it just doesn't suit you. That, you don't, 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 don't sing that song. So what was what happened? In one instance, the song booked me the job from Mike Nichols, uh -huh. and then yeah, the other instance, right, I was told right. never oh sing God. it again. Now that's yep. wow. a good intro to woo woo. Yeah. Right? Yes, <laughs> wow. yes, it is. I mean, I go with Mike wow. Nichols' opinion, quite I frankly. So. I mean, I wonder yeah, if you were like, yes, well, Mike yeah. Nichols loved yeah. it, and then you storm out. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's showbiz, people. Yeah, that is audiences yeah. are different. Day you're up, I guess. The next day you're down. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When showbiz. you when you try to birth a, a mind a baby on uh, you know in front of people, you never know how it's going to yeah. land. You know. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Wait. So how is the show going? Benoit is is a total blast. I mean, it really is. Like the show itself is so fun as a piece of material. It's got the writing, is the sketches, the characters, the music is so, it has so much kind of sexy, fun Broadway sound, but it's also just doesn't take itself seriously and it's really silly. Uh, so that's fun in and of itself. And the cast but then it's this, these group of people are so wonderful. I just have such, they're so good. I, I mean, you just have the best time. I mean, you know, but yeah. I, I really mean it. It's uh, so it's it's a real pleasure. The the thing that's challenging is the physical nature of um, the experience oh, yeah. doing it eight times a week 
with that yeah. crazy backpack oh, and wow. falling down part, and doing stunts and doing all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a lot to, to process on my body. Yeah. Well, you're so funny. And that song, well, I'm All Alone, is that what it's called? Oh, I I'm love that song. Yeah. That the King sings? Uh, yeah. And then your, your face is just so funny. I love when, like, the face sells it all. Okay, so the woo-woo of it all. Now, this is funny because sometimes I know the story in advance. A lot of times I know it, and then I don't tell Irene, and she has her natural reaction. But in this case, I don't know anything. I just know you. Well, I know you grew up in Maine, and I know you might have a ghost story, and that's all that I know. But before I get to that, like, how how woo-woo of a person are you? That's a good question. I was I was thinking about it as I was thinking about talking to you today. I was like, where do I fall on the kind of woo-woo? Uh, scale. Gauging your woo-woo. I'm pretty low woo-woo. I'm not someone who kind of believes uh, that there are ghosts everywhere and there are, you know, kind of psychic energy kind of flowing through everything. Um, I I do believe that there is a lot of stuff we don't know. Um, I believe that there's... That's kind of where we yeah, are. Yeah, that there's there's an inherent energy. We are all these energy beings made up of space dust and that somehow there are worlds within worlds within worlds. And like we just don't, there's a, so much we just don't understand. But, right. you know, but I also believe that there are some things that just are what they are. That sometimes yes. the unexplained is kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we love to create stories to kind of help us you know, understand things that we don't, you know, justify yeah. uh, feelings about things. And it's just like, well, you know, maybe the, like, you know, the plate just fell off the table. Maybe the, you know, maybe the cardinal right. is not your dad. Maybe we he's exactly. not your dad. Maybe he's just a cardinal. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We had some of those. But I will say a few, a few little woo-woo moments just before I get into my story. Yeah. You know, like even it was a couple of weeks ago, I was in spam a lot. My dad passed away a year ago and I was with him. I was with him in the room when he, when he passed away. And it was, it was an incredible, incredible experience, but it's okay. But if you're a person that wasn't there for someone's death, that's okay too. That is uh Thank yeah. You. Oh, you, Oh, that's interesting that you happen to have feelings about, about that. Yeah, but we sincerely talked, we talked about this. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think everyone, every story is the story and that you were meant not to be there. Probably, you know, that's right. You know, and that's what I tell myself. Thank you for that. I love that you just said yeah. that. And honestly, that's the thing that gets me through. Like he wouldn't have passed on if I were there or something. Absolutely. I mean, well, now like we're having difficult for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, now yeah. we're having this conversation <laughs> yeah. about your experience in whatever it was. And yeah. like, that's why we're, that's why we're having this experience exchange is because you weren't in that room and now you have your own perspective about it. I think it's, you have to give full forgiveness hundred percent. I love you. And I will, what, what's your Venmo? I'll give you a copay for that because you're better than my therapist. I just want to throw that out there. Thank you for the solace, sweetheart. You know, uh, so when he passed, it was, I, I was, it was remarkable how he was so present, even though he was not able to speak and, I, I don't know if he understood what I was saying to him and what what we were exchanging, but once he did pass away, like his energy, it was gone. Wherever wherever his thing was, whatever that spirit or electricity or whatever that was, it was gone, and his body was just a a, a vessel. It really was. It wasn't even scary. Shell, it wasn't right. even scary. It was just like oh that that's the thing that that held him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It almost, oh, wow. I was just observing it, really. So on the anniversary of his death, I'm in Spamalot, and I'm going on my show, and we have this moment. I don't want to give it away, but uh, audience members in the show, every now and then we pick somebody out of the audience to join us for a small little bit during the show. And I'm the one that has to go down and, and greet them and get them. And I was, I always kind of clock who, you know, during the show at some point, I'll look down and clock who it is. And if I'm feeling energy from a certain person, I might be like, let's do that person or not that person. And I'm not kidding. I go over and I'm clocking that first couple of rows. And there's a gentleman in the first row, right on the aisle that looks exactly like my father. 
I mean, it wow. took my breath away. I thought, I mean, I actually thought it was him. Oh, oh my God. Wow. And it just, it, it was arresting. And then the rest of the show, I just kept my, I, I just kept being pulled to this gentleman <gasps> who just had not only his face, but his kind of spirit. He was just kind of watching and laughing and it just evoked oh. so much. And then I didn't even really put it together. And then I went back and I, I think I told my wife about it. And she was like, what's today? And I was like, oh my God, it's the one year anniversary of my dad's death. It's just a, a coincidence, I'm sure, but interesting, In, uh, a, a woo-woo yeah, moment. Wow. Like it, it yeah. definitely did yeah. something, yeah. you know? I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know if yeah. that's some kind wow. of divine thing that dropped that man there or whether it's just, I was, I kind of conjured that in my head somehow and then however this gentleman looked kind of really helped kind of lock yeah. that in for me. I don't know, Get but it through. was, yeah, wow. yeah, it was wild Ooh. anyway. Now back to your first question. Am I a woo woo person? Not, not really. My wife, okay. my wife loves psychics and is a little bit more. She does. Yeah. And has her own kind of, interesting stories of growing up woo -woo. and woo-woo stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Book her for next exactly. week, sweetie. Yep. Get her okay. on. Okay. By the way, she's a director. She's, she books. directed Kimberly yes, Akimbo. Yes, Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Yes. And she's currently directing Jessica Stone, Water for right? Elephants. That's going to be opening in spring. Okay. Yeah, she's a very acclaimed uh, director. Yes, and was an actor for a long couple. time. Yeah, Showbiz power couple. I like it. A female yes. director. I love it. Oh, yeah. She's so... Oh, so okay, so she has tales too. She has tales too, and we talk about stuff. So anyway, I grew up in Maine. I grew up in South Portland, Maine, in a very kind of middle lower class neighborhood over by the mall. And my stepfather was a had a variety of different jobs. He was a surveyor at one point. He worked the midnight shift at LL Bean. He came into my life when I was, I think, seven or eight, right around there. And he was this really, really interesting guy. Um, he was a. He also was a professional uh, sail sailor. He would sail people's boats up and down the East oh, Coast. Wow. wow! And he also worked uh, as a sailing instructor um, in right down there in Portland, in the Bay there. So he had this big beard, and he was just this kind of adventure guy. And it was really, it was really <laughs> cool to have him in my life. And he just would would just kind of go with his gut on certain things. So we we bought a boat at one point, uh, not without even enough money to really support it. We just kind of had this little boat and we would go out and sail and like, and he loved like when it was storming, he would be like, let's get out on the bay and sail away no with way. his big beard. Whoa. And I was terrified. <laughs> kind of stuff. That's why I, I tell you that because I was, I think maybe eight or nine, so a, a, a year or a year or two, into him and my mother's relationship. And he walked in one day and said, I bought a house today. I bought a house. Oh my God. Now, this sounds like a movie. Yeah. It what? was so insane. What? We, you know, why? We have a house. It, it was the furthest thing. And he said, it's on an yeah. island. It's on an island. It's on Peaks <gasps> Island. And oh, uh, I've heard of Peaks Island. Yes. Peaks Island is, is, is yeah. right off of, uh, the coast of Portland in Casco Bay. Casco Bay is this really cool, yes, beautiful. beautiful area that has, uh, and, then, and then there's all, tons of islands along Maine's coast They're called the Calendar Islands, 365 of them. Mm. And so uh, he said, I bought this house. And I, you know, I'm very young. So my memories of all the specifics of it, but I just remember being shocked. I remember my mom being kind of shocked and like, okay. And he says, we're going to go this weekend. This was in the spring. We're going to go this weekend and we, uh, we're we going to kind of move in or something. I just remember at the time. Oh, like move wow. In? Wait, move in like as a, a family? No, we're going to go, like, go, go, see, go see this house, you know. And the house okay, that we okay. lived in was this right. little small little house in South Portland. Like, right. And, and, and again, this is before internet or anything. So I was like, I don't know what this house looks like. I don't know. I have no context for it. Right. Other than we're going to go this weekend on the ferry. I'm going to go check it out. So <clears throat> that weekend we get on the ferry and we take it out to Peaks Island. And at that time in the early 80s, Peaks Island was a kind of a, um, 
it's very Tony now. It's like got million dollar homes on it. It's very fancy. But then it was really rural, crusty, fisherman, lobsterman. You could like, uh, you could have a car on the island, but you didn't have to register it or anything. It was like, you could have just a jalopy. You just had, and yeah. there were just like abandoned okay. cars right. and, and little shacks. And, <laughs> it, and there weren't, there yeah. were no services, nothing. It was a tiny little, tiny little market called Beanies that had like milk and eggs. And, but there was nothing really on the island. So I, it already evoked a kind of spookiness, a kind of, you know, it took about 25 minutes to get out there. Stephen King. And when you kind of land on an island, I, you, I don't know if you've had this feeling, but there's always this kind of thing happens to you when you land on an island. You're, you're suddenly like, you know, you are now away. You are... Right, you're happy. You well, but you will not for me. That did not. That's not the feeling it evoked for me. It evoked for me this sense of I'm now like to get help or to get like uh, oh oh, okay the opposite. uh, There's a process to get anything that you're going to need. Oh yeah, you're isolated. You feel isolated. Isolated. Thank you. Thank you. So we take this. We we take this walk around the island, and we kind of hit. Uh, this is like it takes about twenty minutes to walk to this house. I just remember being a okay. kid and always being like, "Oh my god, we always have to walk." And so we walk. We go down this hill called Whitehead Street. At the end of Whitehead Street, there's this small cottage right on this corner. As a little view of the water, kind of. Um, there's a path that goes down to a rocky beach, and it overlooks this other island called Cushing Island that has this huge cliff. So here's this cottage, and we go into this cottage. And my, here's my memory. It, somebody lived there. The cottage was not empty. We were moving into somebody's house where, I mean, fully lived there. Pictures, rugs, tables, food in the fridge. Everything was in the what? house. Food in the fridge? Yes. You what is going on? So I think my parents <laughs> brought a few friends and we spent like two days. Uh, we didn't, I don't think we slept there, but we went back and forth like, cleaning out whoever and i remember there was tons of cat stuff meaning like pictures of cats a little uh, there was a wooden lamp that had a cat base and i just remember wow there's so many cat things and and pictures of human beings like pictures of their families and it just was a you know somebody lived there we clean out the whole house and uh we begin to have our experience now going out to this little shack on weekends during this summer and it's uh, you know my parents love it i guess i you know i was always kind of like oh i I like my room i like my my home back on the mainland but like you know we're it's fine i guess um i was a little bored out there you know i'd kind of walk around and explore the island and again, there was this big fort on the island called Battery Steel, and I would walk to that. And it was just, there was a lot of spooky energy out on that island. A lot of like loneliness, it felt. So here, here's where it gets kind of interesting. So we're, I'm, I'm sleeping in the house, and I begin to have an experience where I'm at night, I'm hearing, I'm hearing things. I'm hearing there's a staircase that goes up, and then there's two bedrooms upstairs. I'm hearing someone or something kind of walk up and down the stairs all night. A couple of times I actually get out of bed to go and look and see if it's my parents going to the bathroom or something. There's nobody there up and down the stairs all night. I kind of start to to kind of process this as this is this is the house creaking. This is just noises. Mm-hmm. Settling, settling in, in. Or whatever. But it just continues. It does not stop. Again, at this point, I'm not a woo-woo person. I don't, I don't really think of anything that could possibly be doing it uh, other than that. But it's odd. It gets so consistent and so clear that I start to kind of panic a little bit. I start to, I start to not really want to sleep there, and I'm starting to find try to figure out ways to get out of this house because every night it's this like up and down the stairs every night. And I'm begging my parents, can I please go back? They're like, oh, we're fine. We're fine. I'm having other little experiences too, where I, I go into a room where I know I left something and it's not there, or it's like, it's, 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 it's in a different place, just weird things. And as a little kid, you know, you just kind of, 
chalk it up to maybe mom moved it. I, I just like kind of accepting of it, but I just knew it made me feel weird. I just felt uncomfortable. Right, the energy. Mm-hmm. The energy was uncomfortable. It all kind of culminates in this one evening. I've now been so many evenings with this sound that I'm starting to get like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something. And uh, there's one detail. So the one detail that I'm I'm forgetting that leads to the to the night is I'm down playing with some kids I met on the island down in the rocks one day in the summer, mm-hmm. playing on the rocks. And so uh, a couple of kids I didn't know, I introduced myself we're hanging out and just and they said, Where do you live? And I said, I live at the at the house on the end of Whitehead Street. And this girl goes, oh, no, no, My brother's not. the one that found him. <gasps> oh, My brother's the one that found him. I said, what is that? What do you mean? She was like, yeah, that he found him. He was, uh, he, you know, he went up and, uh, saw, saw him in the, in the room dead. What? Yeah. Shot himself. Oh my God. So I get that information and I'm like, oh my God. So now I'm tying together the sounds with that information and now i'm like i i cannot sleep in this house anymore i i please so i go and i think i confronted my parents with it or i think i i think i said i just i just feel like there's something wrong or whatever and and they intimated that like yeah i know we like this house has a lot of you know a lot of uh, energy in it it was kind of that kind of talk right so it culminates in me now. So now when I'm sleeping, trying to go to bed and I'm not sleeping, I'm like imagining this person who I don't know walking up and down these stairs. Now I'm hearing the stairs. And so I start having this kind of conversation with this with this entity, with this thing. And I'm trying to kind of say, I'm sorry that this happened to you. I hope, <gasps> and you're you know, I, I want you to know. Oh, yeah, I was like, man, I think at maybe nine, this is maybe like the next kind of spring <laughs> so i uh we don't usually have our gas faces we were frozen in a gas that that's, yes, that's crazy from when i found him on okay go ahead yes. oh, sorry this is this this there's some there's some oh goodies God, coming there's oh some goodies God. and some surprises wait, that wait, are... let me just let me just ask you do you, wait do you're, so your parents when you bring it up to your parents they don't really acknowledge they just kind of leave you out there and your kid like processing they just say like yeah, there's some details coming later that that will make it make sense. But I think I think what they were doing was they were both trying to I think they were trying to say, like, we know that there's some stories about this house. OK, OK. We oh, know okay. that okay. there might be some feelings that you might have and some energy. Everything mm-hmm. is OK. And, um, you know, that's uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong to feel some feelings about it. Okay, it was okay. like that kind they, of talk. They treated it and well. I was like, okay. Right. yeah, okay. okay. My brother's the one that found him? What the fuck? <laughs> so I, uh, oh my God. That- <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm sorry. So now yes. I'm hearing oh these sounds and I'm having these, conver- I'm having these conversations, right? And it kind of culminates on this one night where I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the steps and I'm talking and I start to kind of say, I start to kind of get emotional and I'm like, I, I, I know you're hurting and I know I'm like trying to kind of empathize. I don't know what I was doing. And I, and I'm not making this up. I'm going to tell you, you know, this is Chris, Rachel, I've known you for a long time. This is just what happened. You're a sane person. Okay. I, I'm a sane person. I'm a, I'm a, just a, a guy who's not like, doesn't travel in this stuff. Um, but I like to tell stories, but anyway, I'm looking at the door. My bed is facing the door and I say, to this thing going up and down the stairs. I say, I'm in, I'm in. Stop walking on the stairs and come into my room. (gasps) And I'm not, and I'm not kidding. Like a fucking horror movie, like a cue, that door just goes, and just opens. And I'm now looking at this hallway and there's nothing there. And that's when I was like, out of here. And I jumped out of my bed and I ran into my mother's room. 
And I wake my mother up and I'm like, mom, I'm really scared. I'm having a hard time sleeping and just scary things are happening. Can I please sleep on the floor? Can I please sleep in your bed with you? She says, here, they had a papasan chair. You know what papasan yeah. chairs are? Yeah. You know the, 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 no, big, the wicker, the round, round wicker. Oh, yeah. the, the yeah. round ones, yeah. Those big round wicker uh -huh. chairs that have those giant cushions. Yeah. She was like, you can pull the cushion off the papasan chair and sleep on the floor. So I pull this giant cushion down. I have a, I got a blanket and I just kind of lay on this cushion and I, and I try to go to sleep. At a, I think I fell asleep at a, like it must have been 4.35 a.m. Just the little sprouts of sun are coming up. And I wake up and now I'm looking at that door, the door to my parents' room out to the <laughs> same hallway. And I'm looking and at that moment, uh, a figure of a man suddenly kind of passes through the door or just starts, it just arrives. And he's just standing there, just standing there with a frown looking at me. And I'm staring up at it. And the reason why I believe this isn't a dream or this was not something that I made up is because I remember distinctly looking over at my mother across the room and I sort of her face kind of glossed on her pillow and going and seeing her asleep and wanting to get her attention and but feeling so terrified to cross the room or make any sound and looking back and forth. And I remember I took the covers and I put them over my head and I just was like hyperventilating, hyperventilating, hyperventilating and just like, absolutely in fear and i must have passed out i guess pass out i i finally wake up in the morning i don't tell my parents about it and at that point i was like i got so clear about i'm not sleeping in this house anymore i i, I really can't do it anymore and so you know i think they kind of made concessions and then you know and my stepfather was kind of confused so i then go back to the mainland they, you know, we have some more experiences. I think I go out to the house a few times. I may have even slept there again. I might, then my parents had my brother when I was 11. They kept on the house, but I just, I didn't spend a lot of time there. So that was like, that was like the, that, that was the big moment for me was this, this, this one night where this all kind of transpired. Eventually a, a year later or that next year, kind of as suddenly as my stepfather bought the house, they sold the house. It was over. The experience of the Peaks Island house was now over. We had this neighbor who was kind of annoying. That was His house was close to ours and we shared a septic system. And, and my stepfather was telling me like, oh, he's such a pain in the ass. And like, you know, it's my, I, we're just going to sell it. And I just remember he was really distraught about selling it. And my mom was like, it's gone. It's enough. We're done. Okay. So that's the end of the Peaks Island story. Almost. I then go on with my life. I go to college. I, I have my life and I, uh, I meet Jessica. Now, all, now, subsequently, I have told this story to some friends along the way and people that I get to know, like if we're talking, I just tell my little story. And people find it interesting, and I listen to other people's stories. So at one point, I told Jessica, and Jessica was telling me some of her her kind of woo-woo stories as well. Cut to 25 years later, we're in the car. By the way, never spoke to my parents about it. So here's where it gets fucking crazy. <laughs> we're in the car driving. I think we were on Ocracoke Island, which was an island off the coast of North Carolina. My parents subsequently moved to North Carolina. They moved out of Maine. To, uh, to North Carolina and we're driving and I'm driving and my mom's in the driver's in the passenger seat and then uh, Jessica's in the back and Jessica we start talking about this and that and Jessica says hey Chris have you ever told your mom uh, your crazy story of that Peaks Island house and she was like no no so I as I'm telling her the story she starts she gets completely quiet <gasps> she loses color in her face and she starts to cry <gasps> and i finish my story and she says i had some of those same experiences 
This is 25 years later. This is, there's no, we have never discussed it. Jessica's the one that brought this, us together to share whatever this thing was. She says, yes, um, I, I, we experienced a lot of, a, a lot of really uh, bizarre and scary things in that house. The objects falling off of, off of shelves. Uh, there was a toaster, a toaster oven door that just kept opening uh, uh, randomly, all sorts of things. But, but then there was a couple of crazy ones where they went out for a walk one day. I wasn't there. My mom and my stepfather went out for a walk. Came back to the house. The house was locked on all sides. This is my mom now telling me her stories. She's like, we came back and there uh, a chair had been pushed up against the front door. There was only two doors. Somebody had moved a chair and put it like up to block someone from entering. Wow. There's a couple other ones that were just really, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. And so she tells me her experiences. She's also really, she was like that. I just, I, I didn't like sleeping there either. And I, I, I just, she felt so terrible that I had had the experiences that I had, but, and it ends with this. She says a detail I've never shared is, do you remember that day that we went out to begin to empty all the stuff out of the house? And I say, yes, that day. I remember, Mom. We There was all sorts of, it felt like somebody was living there. And there was like all sorts of cat things and pictures. And she was like, yes, that day, your stepfather and I had to go up to the bedroom that we slept in. And we had to clean blood no. and brain matter no. off of the wall where Jonesy, the gentleman who had lived there, had shot himself. And she said, I, I could, I never felt comfortable sleeping in that room. And I was like, e no shit. Oh my <laughs> no, gosh. No, Are you no, kidding? No kidding. <laughs> and he shot himself in his bed. Um, his <sighs> wife had passed away. He was elderly. He lived out in this little shack in the middle of Peaks Island. He lived there year round and he grew very sad and lonely and desperate. And he killed himself in the area in the bed where my parents slept basically in that spot and so i learned that 25 years later after my wow. experience of seeing whatever i saw so that's my that's my story that's my peaks island story that's um the coda to me is the thing that just oh, it blows my mind but it, it, you know and to this day my mom doesn't like to talk about it really it was just, and, and I, I just remember when Jessica and I like kind of got out of the car and like we kind of moved on to whatever. We both were just like, that was so crazy. She was so, that, those details and she was so upset and she had her own. Oh, so I'm anyway, what do you speechless. think? Oh my, oh my gosh. I mean, such a great I, that story. I'm, I'm I, I don't speechless. even know what to say. If Stephen King is listening, he's got his next novel. I'm serious. This is like one of those stories that's just so incredible. You know, we've had a few stories where two people saw the thing and that that's what makes you like really believe it. Like, I mean, actually, Kevin Cahoon has one. Where yes, two Kevin people Cahoon. Saw. And, and if you listen, yeah. there's one with Liz Kukowski where mm -hmm. years and years later, she found out her brother had seen the same thing. She had kind of the same sort of coda yeah, situation. Right. But, but and oh what happens gosh. to you, what happens to you is you start to kind of justify it or, or re, like, mm -hmm. did I really have that experience? Was yeah. that a dream? Did like... Was that just my kid in imagination? Like I've done all, I did all of that throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Am I patting it? Am I just kind of like having yeah, fun? Right. It is fun to tell it, but I was like, is this, am I really being, and then to have that coda was validation. just- Validation. It, it's corroborated. It, just, it was validation. It gave me utter chills. It wow. was, it kind of made me emotional because it was like, I really had an experience where I- I felt something in that house that was, I think I felt his, he didn't, this, this energy didn't know what to do. Oh, 
he was in this house and suddenly it wasn't familiar and he was like where am i i'm trapped here not my wife's gone this stuff is unfamiliar i don't know who these people are and i'm trapped in this kind of lonely spiral that's what it felt like that's what it that's actually what the energy felt like sad lonely wow it was also the idea that my step my stepfather was able to just the reason why we got the house I think he paid fifteen thousand dollars. I was gonna say he probably. Gonna, you know, wow. it was like That's why the it was whole nothing. Movie, it's it was, like a movie thing of yeah. it all. Like from the point of view of you, we're like you got this kind of character stepdad, yeah, who's yeah. very lovable and like a total character, including yeah. the beard and the like, like a Jaws character. That, yeah, that Jaws and then, character. And it's like, hey, yeah. I got this house for a steal. And then it's like the catch is you're gonna go upstairs and clean up a. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. And then you're downstairs. You're downstairs. And my mom was so like, it was, <gasps> yeah. And, and in explaining it, I think to her, it's one of those moments in her life that she kind of, oh. she's like, yeah, maybe that, oh, that was, that was a low, that was a low or that was yeah. like, you know, I think she was just like, what? What? Right. What? Did she even steal? But right. At what did cost? she even know? Yeah, they of course knew. No, but what I was going to say is, I wonder if when she went to the house, did she know it was going to be actual? Like, if what? your stepdad was like, hey, come on, we got to clean up a little. And she gets come there. On. I mean, yeah, clean I just, up like the, I just the, the wonder stuff, not, if not right she now. was expecting that. But, oh my God, that's. I almost was like going to try to get her to come on today and actually Ooh. give you guys her little oh, perspective. She said that to us. Oh, we man. have had Collins. <laughs> We've had Collins, yeah. but she probably wants some prep time for that. Oh, I was wondering if she actually saw like the figure like you did or did well, she, she just sleeping, have the, right? the creepy feelings and the steps? And no. The, no. Wow. Yeah. And I think there, I will say, I think there's some stuff she hasn't shared with me. Ooh. I also believe that. Yeah, but she did not say uh, she had seen a figure. But I can describe it. I wish I could like draw it or 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 or, or have some like tell somebody and have a sketch artist kind of draw it because it just was so. It was almost like a. It was like a spirit of sadness. It was just like everything was like, like, looking at me. Just like, what are you doing here, little boy? Was so creepy. Did, did you anyway. ever? Um, did you ever look up like online or something? I mean, I don't. Know. You know what? I haven't. I haven't looked like about this guy. That would like, be fascinating. Like. I have like gone out to the island subsequently. Yeah, and I wonder like who's there now. And did they I've, I've walked by the house. <gasps> um, the price probably came down to ten thousand after you guys left, right? I know. I, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, oh my gosh, that's a I great don't know. story. It's probably it's you know, and maybe maybe Jonesy's moved on. Th- this to is the a, other a, side. a legitimate Rachel. Wouldn't you agree? Out of all the shows we had, this is a legitimate haunted house, and and a, it, it and feels a like Amityville story. Horror-ish. It's like a yeah. sit around the campfire ghost yes. story. Not to make light of your childhood traumas, <laughs> but for our entertainment purposes. Yes. No, I mean this is like wow. <laughs> Oh my That's gosh! And by the way, the way that I heard about this is someone said like, "Oh, you should talk to Chris. He has a ghost story." Like so, the the Broadway. That's so funny. Cabal yeah. knows about your tale. Oh, I know what happened. I my mom and I went on a playbill cruise. Oh yeah. With Seth Radetzky. Oh, maybe and, that's who told me. And He's Jack, who told me. Jack Plotnick. Oh, yes. Was it Jack, Jack Plotnick yeah. or Seth? One of those. Just Seth is who told me. Yeah. And we, my mom and I. We told he, we told oh. um, we told them at a dinner one night, oh, and wow. they okay, both were how. like, "Yeah, <laughs> like, like you guys." Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for telling us that story. Wow, that was amazing. Oh, thank you for God. sharing. That. I can't, also the moment. This is also like the movie, but the moment that was like. My brother found him. Like it's just I like mean, that's what? It. Yeah. That's like some. You can't write that. No, you I mean, can't. You know, no. That's like. Wow. Now, have you, I take it you've never seen anything since then. That was your only ghost experience. That was my only real, true ghost experience. Thank you for letting me tell it. It's like literally the most fun podcast ever to just (laughs) tell a fun story, Uh you know, about something that, you know, I haven't shared a lot, you know, I mean, I've shared with some friends, but like, yeah, just something that you just have, 
held inside for so long. Yeah. And it's so fun to just kind of see people's reactions to something that is like that happened. Yeah. Well, definitely. We were were dying over here. That was a good energy shift. I mean, I know it has some sadness to it, but in terms of just having you here and chatting with you. Your your good energy, so that come see Spamalot. Oh yeah, yeah. but now wait, we have one more little. Wait, we do have a come see Spamalot. First of all, come see Spamalot. We have a little bonus thing where Irene does a pendulum reading for you. So if you want to think of a question, like a yes or no, I keep forgetting to tell people this ahead of time. But if you want to think of a yes or no question, something that you don't mind sharing, you know, and something that if the answer is not what you want, you're not going to be like, uh. ugh. You know, it's more fun when it's something like that you care about but not like yeah. <laughs> gravely too, not gravely you know, serious so just say yes or no that you don't want to share so you're gonna once you have it then you'll think of it and i mean this thing is never wrong all right yeah, i mean it's so so you think of your question let me know when you're ready clockwise is yes and counterclockwise is no okay i'm ready okay it's looking like a yes right that's right rachel looks like a yes can i do no, Irene always does a safety <laughs> rachel wants even to though it's the safety is never different from the first one okay here but we we'll go. See. Ready? maybe maybe penji will prove me wrong sometime. okay that's also a yes that's a okay. yes what was your question my question was am i gonna see my brother and his family before uh the end uh before the summer okay why do they i'm i'm so desert they live in uh, Detroit. My brother lives in Detroit yeah. and I miss them. I miss oh. him so much and I miss oh. his family. And I was just like, I just got to figure out a way to get there. And oh. I was like, am I going to do it? And so that was and my question. you shall. Just in my head. Penji and says you yes. Shall. And I shall. Yes, you shall. Penji's never wrong, we found. Thank you, Pendulum. Um, thank you so much, <laughs> thank Chris. Thank you so much. so fun and spooky, too. Oh, and, my, um, that was amazing. And go see Spamalot because Chris is hilarious Hilarious. Absolutely And I don't hilarious. say that lightly. He's so funny in it. So you are so funny. I'm going to speak of you in the <laughs> directly but anyway um thanks so much for joining us thank you so much and, and uh it was a real pleasure and uh i can't wait to hear more stories and tales from right. other guests okay yeah, i just love it so much okay good thank you right. thank you sweetie bye bye Thanks for joining me on this journey into the world of woo-woo. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Woo-woo with Rachel Dratch is a Q-Code production. Executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson. Produced by Alexa Gabrielle Ramirez. Edited by Ben Milchev. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale, it's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.